We worship you in the beauty of your holiness. We worship you in the splendor of your love. Kilo vaninge betila balaili, 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 balaili. Kistavi askobu, cheleketi balakuz na badai. Debele kunze vetina koboroski afaninka pahadi. Sevele puria bare akumbre keke. Thank you, Lord, for you are good and your mercies endure it for life oh jesus el shaddai elohim adonai the god upon whom i place my expectation and trust I will never see shame for you are accountable and you are dependable 
and I trust you God I trust you Lord with my heart with my life I trust you I trust you ele kuna kalemo sakiapate sibele kore ababuna e shadena 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 ora kino mosi paria kabana zore mekile belumbre kiste pela rokombe rokombe Mansa palakure papania kwatai katiapa rokombeli kromin shababa rokoria buria kabena karabena sukurie kepena sheboria kombelaile tora akaborie kendesie kepena rupela 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 Rokurie penai kasika panaile. Ore minga tilie korimba baburi akai. Ora kaburi akai. Ndezividie kone mesika balela. Ai kobade kavone. Esomade bedina. Thank you for the privilege of access to your throne that we are qualified to worship you that we are qualified to adore you that we are qualified to approach you alabadaina eruchete alateo alewileshe alechele olua onua obanwoba Olugbon ajagbon Olusegun ajasegun Obatiti lai lai Apataye aye Alabarumi o Oromonise I ati I worship and adore Lord I bow my knees before you Praise to the Lamb. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, you creatures here below. Praise Him, all you heavenly hosts. Praise Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Word who is. From everlasting to everlasting praise the holy ghost praise the holy ghost ishama praise the holy ghost ai masemena maye parade oh 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 hallelujah silie kombena Simbilaile 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 Radish Kavana Tonight wherever you are I want you to open your mouth and begin to give the Lord the fruit of your lips the fruit of your lips
your sacrifice of praise. Open it, open it, open it and burst into an effulgence, a stream of divine consciousness. Let the Spirit of God cry up a Father to you tonight. Lift up the name of the Lord. Let the Lord be enthroned above the praises of His people. Come on, lift your voice and give Him glory. In your language of the Spirit, in a tongue that you understand, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. We lift your name high in all the earth. High in all the earth, we lift your name on high. Rekele vetina mamokoria batela. Jaburie kuriske vetane. Babuatena ekobo. Ayetoma. Aquatende vitie koria bona. Jebo rebo rebo rekona. Reko rebo skatina katia. La panantes kia fenentie kwe. Reko riabo riakana. Sabonte betia kombe. Ile borokonde. Askavidi. Askavidi. Et kavorie koma sikedebe. Jinele. Jinele. Ayeto. Ayeto. Mareko rima mama ekone. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the King who has conquered the grave. Hallelujah. Eshayata. Eshayata. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Praise be to your name. Unto the King eternal. Unto the reigning King. Unto the Lord Almighty. Let your praises reign. Be blessing and glory. And honor and power now and forever now and forever blessing and glory honor and power now and forever now and forever come on somebody lift it up oh we're going to go to the word tonight but i sense a moment we're stirring waters tonight we're stirring waters tonight because some of you are going to jump in and be rehealed some of you are going to jump in and receive deliverance some of us are going to jump in and get clarity for the next season. For tonight, heaven has chosen to release feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback. Oh Jesus. For the King and the Lord whom we seek suddenly tonight has come to his temple. Hey! 
he came and his reward is with him. For tonight there is an economy, says the Spirit of Grace, of distribution. An economy of distribution. I hear the word distribution. There is a, there is a commonwealth of glory tonight that is pregnant and is about to distribute. So we draw, we draw, we draw healing, deliverance, direction, consecration, elevation. I place a demand on my allocation. I place a demand on my allocation tonight. Somebody place a demand. Rumekie petina. E shadino momo. Merue kati velena. Akobo. Akobo. Reme korea papine koti. Oh, there is an allocation. An allocation. An allocation of mercy. For I hear the Lord say that there is an allocation tonight, a divine allocation of the sure mercies of David. Sure mercies tonight. Ah, we come for sure mercies. Melua Kanipa, for your mercies are new every bokar, every morning, every bokar. The morning, the bokar has brought us word of your unfaithful love. Ketemantes piapana atwe pelela atobiatona abobailes siakiningi tiepe. Zevuna, zevuna, zebeleketi. So we thank you in advance, oh Jesus. We thank you in advance. Oh, we are not Okumapala. I don't know who this is for tonight. Somebody hear me by the word of the Lord. I just heard a whisper in my spirit. It went like this. For we are not careful to answer you in this matter, O thou Nebuchadnezzar. I repeat, the Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit. For we are not careful to answer you in this matter, O thou Nebuchadnezzar. Whoever is staring at a furnace, whichever among us are staring at a furnace, ha ha, Jesus, edina nonis keveti, abrodish ketina. Whoever is in a kubala. Whoever is on the verge of compromising your faith or consecration, whoever is being threatened by the enemy, for we are not careful, O Nebuchadnezzar, to answer thee in this matter. Receive strength from on high to take your stand. Receive strength 
from on high to take your stand. Strength from on high. Take your stand. Take your place. Do not be careful for what to say, says the Lord. For in the hour that it is needed, the Lord will give you utterance. For behold, thou shalt be my witness, and through you shall my glory be made plain. For I shall make your forehead like flint, and they shall not be able to resist the wisdom with which you speak. Glory to the Lord. They shall not be able to resist the wisdom with which you will speak, says the Lord. Utterance is granted. Let your words be stout. Let your words be stout and let your soul be bold. Your Redeemer is among you, a mighty man in battle. He will quiet you with singing. He will rejoice over you with singing. He will quiet in you in his love. Now, wherever you are, I just sense a, a grace to pray for redeemed timelines. You made a mistake, you made an error, you wasted a season of your life, or you were under attack in a season, and all you could do was keep your sanity, keep your consecration, but you lost progress. You, you know you should be much further than where you are, or you disobeyed an instruction, and it cost you time in destiny. Masvidia. Tonight we're going to lift up our voice as a tribe, as a body of Christ around the world and ask that the years that the locust, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmerworm, the locust have stolen, be restored. Open your mouth and pray. Say, Lord, restore my seasons, restore my timelines. That everything that the enemy thought he messed with will be redeemed in the moment of time. Let my days be as the days of the heavens upon the earth. Let my days be as the days of the heavens upon the earth. Let there be a restoration of opportunities, restoration of covenant relationships, restoration of influence, restoration of insight, restoration of resources, restoration of connectivity in the heavens, restoration of encounters, gifts, mantles, jurisdiction, oils of your glory. There will be no loss in this season. For even the years stolen by the army of destruction shall be redeemed. Even what was taken by the devourer will be settled seven times. Let it be so. Father, let there be a revisiting of past seasons, past doors, past access portals, 
that we have squandered. Be restored in the glory. Be restored in the glory. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen and amen. And today, tomorrow, and till the end of time, our refrain will never cease to be that now and forever we belong to you. Somebody clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice, come on, of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. We lift your name on high. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome to the presence of the Lord tonight. Welcome to day six of this encounter of his glory. We're so grateful to the Lord for all that he has done for us. Jackie, Siobhan, Ruva Raishe, Amanda, Mr. Biden, Rodney all the way from Nairobi, Pastor Sam from Lagos, Esther, everybody welcome tonight. Welcome tonight, welcome tonight. We're trusting God for a lavish time in his presence. We're trusting God that there will be no meter on his oil tonight. And we have no reason to think our prayers will be anything but answered in abundant. So far this week, the Lord has been good. We thank him and we say more. We say more. We started on Friday. Dr. Jocket kicked us off on Saturday. Sunday, 1 p.m., we had services all around the world. And then starting on Monday, we began this drive. Every day this week, 7 p.m. nightly, we gather for the word. We gather for worship. We gather for prayer. We gather for encounters. We gather for business in deep waters, business in the heavens, business in the spirit. We gather to define a season of our lives. And like I explained last week, Friday, um, every three or four years, I teach in a cycle about the Feast of the Lord. The Passover season, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost in the middle, and then the atonement season, uh, Rosh Hashanah, or Yom Teruah, the days of war, the day of atonement, uh, Yom Kippur, and tabernacles. But in the intervening years, sometimes, rather than rehash what the feasts of the Lord are, what each one means, the significance, how it was accepted, how Jesus was a shadow of it, how he fulfilled it, and all that stuff. Every few years in between, we decide to say, okay, let's talk about not so much about what the feasts are, but what we should be doing during the feasts. The biblical significance in the New Testament of what the Old Testament reality is and how to connect with it in the New. 
we've been dealing this week with spiritual sacrifices. Somebody say spiritual sacrifices. Uh, tonight we will be without video. We've begun the process of setting up our media facilities here in the city of Lagos in Nigeria. If you're under, if you've been under a rock for the last few months, uh, we announced with very little notice that myself, Dr. Jockey, and our boys were moving our primary residence to the city of Lagos in Nigeria. That move has now happened. Uh, we are full-fledged Nigerian residents. Thank you to everybody who prayed, who checked in, who's been supporting us with words of encouragement. Uh, and also, thank you to those of you who have been financially partnering with the work that we are setting up here for the Lord. Uh, I announced on Friday that our first consignment of equipment arrived on the high seas. We've been unpacking and setting up gradually. Uh, we're setting up a home studio. We're setting up a uh, an embassy studio or temporary embassy studio pending a more permanent one. And we found out that some of our equipment went missing, went AWOL. So we're having to buy things that we can find here around. Uh, some things we'll have to wait to get from the United Kingdom. So it may be slower than we planned. Uh, and so we're not quite ready for prime time. Uh, and I'm at the home studio today. We just decided Let's get the video out the way so we can focus on the word of the Lord without running around tinkering with the quality. And so I'm sure you can hear me clearly. So that's all that matters. By the next consecration journey, uh, we should hopefully be up and running. And again, to repeat, for those who've sent in messages either to me directly or to the admin team or through one or two of the leaders, if you want, let, let's put this at the start. If you want to give to kingdom culture movement anywhere in the world. Chrissy, help me out. The details are on your screen. Now, I need you to watch both the top of the screen and the bottom of the screen. So Chrissy, put that one, the ticket at the bottom. From anywhere else in the world, we want you to give to the first set of accounts on the screen, first account on the screen. Kingdom culture, sort code 404157, Account number 80223204. That's our general account. We can accept your givings from anywhere in the world. That goes to Kingdom Culture Central. It goes to Kingdom Culture's central apparatus. Now, if you are giving from Nigeria, meaning you're giving in Naira, the Nigeria Naira, the account to use is the one beneath that. Ecclesia Kingdom, account number 0717. 098721 and the bank is access bank right okay that's for nigeria from nigeria now if you want to give because dr jockey and i in nigeria now we hands in we're two weeks in now to the job of setting up an apostolic missions base in the city of lagos that will eventually we hope cover the entire city we started our efforts we've started by focusing our efforts in the local government think of it as a borough if for those of you in the UK, so the local government or what it means or the equivalent of a borough in the UK called Osho D. Solar. Osho D. Solar local government has 11 or 14, depending on how you divide them, different wards. And we felt led by the Spirit of God to focus our activity on raising a center of revival 
that affects everyday life and discipleship in each of these wards. Uh, and so we're building, we're evangelizing, we're setting up a prayer system, a media facility and everything. Now, if you're from outside the UK, but you want to give to what we've come to do in Nigeria, we moved our entire family here because we believe in it. The details to give to Nigeria, but from outside Nigeria, are at the bottom of your screen. 404157 sort code. The account number is different. 30454370. The guys in the UK, hey, if you send our Nigerian money to them, they'll keep it. Amen. So if you wanted to get to us in Nigeria uh, and there's some exciting stuff coming up, we are in the process of um, of kitting out our facility. We are taking it off the grid. For those of you who understand how Nigeria works, the electrical system is not the best. So we want to install our own self-sufficient power system, solar power, inverters, all that kind of stuff. We're, we're planning to do that over the next week. So we're trusting God for you to uh, be a part of that financially. Also, and I'll talk about this not today, but there might be a very exciting opportunity that some of us have spoken about to set up a Christian retreat center that will serve not just kingdom culture, but the body of Christ at large. Uh, there's a property we had our eyes on a while back that the owner has recently come back to us to say uh, they might be interested in selling to us at a very favorable price. And so that dream is now back on the table, but I'm not going to take the time to discuss that tonight. For those of you from outside Nigeria who want to come in and, you know, it's spoken to us about having ministry trips and all that kind of stuff, but also to serve the kingdom of God, other churches, other ministries, that is exciting. We are looking forward to it. But for whatever reason you want to give uh, to be a part of what's going on here, those details are on your screen. Of course, for those of you who are personal partners with us, uh, so not just about ministry now, but some of you partner financial with Dr. Drucker and I personally, you know those details are separate. I'm not going to put them up here tonight. But if you want them, write in, because put the details on your screen. If you want those details, write in. If you say you want to partner with us personally, not just about Kingdom Culture's ministry here, write in to us at contact at kculture.org or you can send an email directly to me at revisrael at kculture.org. Let us get into the word of the Lord tonight. So our focus has been 1 Peter 2. And we've really, uh, yes, we've had to bring our, our, our hard hats this week. Because the Holy Spirit has been throwing haymakers, amen. But better, or the Bible says, puts it this way, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I would rather be dissed by God than praised by Satan. Amen, somebody. All right, so 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Just trying to get, let's see now. Okay, let's do it this way. Chrissy, I will handle for now. I might need your help in a second. By the way, can we put our hands together for my daughter, Minister Christiana Adedigba. Love you from a very deep place and for a very long time. Your sacrifice for the kingdom is not in vain. Hallelujah. All right. I'm trying to get this up on the screen. Okay, I think we got it. We got it. We got it. 
Okay. Right. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Alrighty, so. That's chapter 3. No, we want chapter 2. Okay, so. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. I think we've dealt with that. I'm not going to repeat that, but Monday and Tuesday, uh, we had some good old-fashioned holiness preaching from this verse. It is time to stop giving God a bad name and wondering why all your spiritual gymnastics bear no fruit. It's not spiritual we looked at if it doesn't have a spiritual effect. And you cannot have a spiritual effect with God's heavens if your priesthood is not has not been sanctified from these things. In essence, we looked at the fact that our horizontal relationships and how we treat our horizontal interactions can be the deal breaker in the efficacy of our vertical connections. I am not going to belabor that point. I think we have hit it on the head so hard it will break if we hit it any harder the Bible then says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby now I want to focus on that today we've established the fact that priesthood is a lot more and your prayer, your worship, even your giving. Romans 12 says that Paul beseeches us by the mercies of God, by his graciousness, his grace, by his goodness, that we be pre present our bodies a living sacrifice. The Bible calls it our reasonable worship. Not special, not deep. Not anything we should be praised for. Just reasonable. We looked at the word somar. Its root was sozo. It means whole, complete, every part of, and in its most developed or holistic form. That God's definition of a sacrifice is the entirety of your life that you cannot what's what i'm looking for now you can't compartmentalize your existence and offer parts of it as a sacrifice to god and keep the rest back Are you hearing me, somebody? That for the sacrifice to be acceptable to the Lord, the summation of your reality must be on the altar. It doesn't mean you, you must be perfect and flawless every second of your life, but it means the cadence, the rhythm, the culture, the the flavor 
of your natural rhythm has to be one of surrender. In essence, there is no part of your life you have walled off to the Lord or walled off from the Lord in alignment and surrender. It means your desire is to always ple always please Him. Oh, Jesus. It means you long to delight Him. Your satisfaction comes from knowing that your life is correctly aligned with His dictates and desires. That is the man, that is the life that the Bible Sorry, I lost myself there. Or should I say, I lost, or I was kicked out the studio there. That's the man, that's the life that the Bible affirms as being a living sacrifice that is acceptable to the Lord. Remember, we looked at the fact that Romans 12 says that a sacrifice is accepted. It must mean that not every sacrifice sacrifice is acceptable unto God. Now there's a scary thought that it is possible Hello, can you hear me now? All right. Cool. The devil is a liar. I repeat, if the Bible talks about an acceptable sacrifice in Romans 12, it must follow. It is by definition a resounding statement incontrovertible fact that there must be unacceptable sacrifices it is the bible that says this people draw nigh unto me with their mouths but their hearts are very far away Jesus tells us the category of people will say in eternity's throne room, we did this and that and this and that and this and this and that and that and these and those in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you.
Yesterday we looked at Hophni and Phineas in passing. We looked at Nadab and Abihu in passing. As to the fact that a priest can incur the wrath, the, the ire of God in one of two ways. Either by strange practices of priesthood or an inaligned or misaligned lifestyle of priesthood. Not every sacrifice is acceptable. And not every sacrifice is accepted. Because it is possible to offer a sacrifice that would normally be acceptable, but that is not accepted because of the person and the state of the person offering it. If you're with me so far, say yes. KC, are you with me? If you're with me, say yes. Verse 2 then says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Desire. Desire. Now, if you know your Bible well, you know that 1 Peter 2 is the same chapter that goes on to talk about Christ as a chief cornerstone, precious and elect, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. And in verse 9, talks about a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That transition to being chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, that march in that direction begins all the way up in verse 1 and 2. We've dealt with verse 1. Verse 2 says, as newborn babes. In verse 9, we have become a royal priesthood. The Bible talks about a priest being a custodian, his lips being a custodian of the law and the truth of the Lord. You could not start functioning as a priest. You were a legal adult in Israel at 13, a bar mitzvah. But you could not function as a priest until you were 30, 3-0. In essence, this is a mature office. But you start off in verse 2 as babes. If you were not a success, if you were not a successful babe, you cannot be yeah mandy royal scripture that's right if you were not as if you have not been a successful babe you cannot be a successful priest there are too many priests who are reaching for the altar of incense who have never been successful babes as newborn babes desire desire this priesthood is not based on emotion and passion alone there must be truth the bible says we must worship him in spirit and in truth for instance one of the activities of spiritual sacrifice is prayer our prayers must be both fervent and effective or effectual talk to me tonight now holler at me 
as newborn babes, there is something we must desire if we are to grow in our journey of priesthood. It is called the milk, the sincere milk. Not the bone, not the meat, the milk of the word. The milk of the word. Someone say the milk of the word. The milk, the milk, the milk, the milk. One of the greatest compliments someone ever paid me as a preacher, beyond my lifestyle, beyond my character, beyond my love for God, but one of the greatest compliments I ever received, and I give God all the glory in all humility, and I strive to do better every day for the one who loved me and lavished his gift and privilege to minister on me. But of all the the, the things I've heard spoken about my ministerial acumen, by far the one that touched me the most was when someone said, you have a gift of making complex things simple. The person then said, some preachers like to make simple things complex. I will never forget that statement as long as I live. I repeat, someone said to me, and I give God all the praise. This was years ago, about a decade ago, about 10 or more years ago. They said to me, there's a grace on your life to make complex things simple. They then said, in this generation, preachers seem to like to make simple things complex. This, like I've said before, there seems to be this rush to depth. The Bible is calling us back to milk. Desire the milk of the word. Now let's look at that word sincere for a second. I used it in passing yesterday to talk about verse 1, but I want to show you the context of what it means in verse 2. So the context we use it we use it yesterday in the con in a context that does not violate the original context but was not the original context. Let's look at this original context. It is the word adolos. Adolos. Adolos means guileless, unmixed. So as I said, it, it fit the context of yesterday. But I want to now show you its deeper context, original context, in this verse. In things, unmixed, unadulterated, or pure. Listen, in persons, without dishonest intent. Without dishonest intent. And it comes from two Greek words. The first word is the word alpha. It's literally the first sound or the first word, sorry, in the Greek lexicon, alpha, right? Alpha, first letter of the Greek alphabet, right? The first letter of the alphabet, figuratively, from its use as numeral, the, it means the first. Someone say the first. The first, often used in composition in the sense of privation. In essence, a, the beginning of a thing, the the foundation of a thing, the the understanding upon which anything is supposed to be understood and built. Are you with me tonight? So I'll say alpha. The second word 
is the word, listen now, dolos. Dolos means, listen, guile, deceit, or craft. To trick, to switch, to bait. Okay. So, adolos here is combining two meanings. One, foundational. It means the, the first principles of the counsel of God. We're not talking about some deep apostolic truth. No, literally the, the tenets, the, the underpinning realities. The, uh, Paul puts it this way. The things that are most surely believed among us. Was it Paul who said that? No, no, no. Who said that again now? The things that are most surely believed among us. I'm trying to remember who said that in the Bible now. The things that are most surely believed among us. That was Luke. Luke chapter 1. When he was writing the gospel, he said, uh, uh, let, let me read it to you. Let, let's go there real quick just to, to make this point. Luke chapter 1. Luke tells us the reason why he wrote his gospel was this. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things, which are most surely believed. So there are things that are most surely believed. And it, it, it breaks my heart that we are in a generation that has majored in minors and minored in majors because we, we know deep things. We can, we can talk about the, 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 the seven dimensions of glory, the 12 realms of the apostolic, the 15 uh, 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 principles of, 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 of apostolic warfare, and we have become bankrupt in the things that are supposed to be most surely believed among us. So the first meaning of that word Adalos is talking about foundational. But then the second meaning is this, unmixed, undiluted, unperverted, unchanged, uncorrupted. Without dishonest intent. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gents, there are two ways or two dimensions to the possibility of the word not being sincere. The first realm in which the word or a word or your coming to the word can be adulterated is in its presentation to you. The second dimension is in your approach to it. That's what the Bible tells us in, in more than one place, to be careful about both what we hear and how we hear. Someone say what we hear. Someone say how we hear. You see, these are some of the, the most... Uh, the, the things that are most surely believed among us. These are some of the, 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 the basic tenets of the faith that the 21st century new believer, the millennial Christian or younger, may not, in fact, older millennials would have. I mean, the recent believer in our new environment of church and faith. So, so, so let me show you this because you, you, you need to see this, that there is an injunction by Christ no less to be careful about both what we hear
and how we hear because both of them affect our capacity for priesthood and spiritual sacrifices come with me to mark chapter 4 mark chapter 4 this is discipleship maybe 201 not quite 101 but 201 mark chapter 4 and let's go to verse 24 or thereabouts mark chapter 4 oh jesus Let's have from verse 23. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 24 then says, And he said unto them, Take heed what? Somebody say what? Somebody say what? Take heed what you hear now this is jesus talking so he tells us to be careful what we hear in essence if what you hear is not sincere that rhymes <laughs> if what you hear is not sincere we have a problem Yes, Mandy. So the first thing Christ warns us about when it comes to the word is what we hear. There is a, an epidemic of insincere word in our generation. You don't believe me? Let's go to the Bible. Tonight I want to give you Bible till it comes out of your ears. So no one says, well, Rev is just taking this too far. No. We're going to put the word up there and we're going to let the word speak for itself. Philippians chapter 1. This is why God warns us to be careful what we hear. He says, some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife. Remember verse 1 of 1 Peter 2. So I we're told to remove those things. Some preach of envy and strife, some of goodwill. Some preach Christ, listen, of contention, not, look at that word, not sincerely. Supposing to add affliction to my bonds, others of love, knowing I am set for the defense of the gospel. He then says, what then notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. So the fact that you are being presented with the Bible does not mean it is the sincerity of the word. Are you following me, someone? Shay, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's hard to be just babes because you ha everybody wants you to be deep. But you must first be, you, you got it. Somebody was listening tonight. So we're told to be careful what we hear. Because the first dimension in which what you are exposed to may not be the sincere milk of the word is in how it is presented. In a sense, you must be careful what you hear. Remember Mark 4.24? If you have ears to hear, let him hear, but take heed what you hear. All right, now let's look at the second dimension in which the word can be insincere. Let's look at Luke chapter 8 from verse 17 someone say bible study nay nay 
discernment. Discernment is key in our generation. Right. Let's do, someone say Bible study. Type Bible study in the comment section. That's what we're doing tonight. Bible study. Luke chapter 8. First of all, start with the parable of the sower. Right? And he makes it clear that the parable of the sower, the seed is the word. The ground is the hearts of men that are listening. In essence, the seed can be good. The word can come sincere. But the ground it lands on can be what makes it not the sincere milk. And then in verse 17, when he's explaining the parable, he says, Nothing is secret that shall not be manifest. He's talking about you. <laughs> he's talking about your heart here. Neither anything here that shall not be made known and come abroad. Now look at verse 18. Take heed therefore how you hear. Someone say how. So Jesus tells us, take heed what you hear in Mark 4, 24. Then in Luke 8, 18, he tells us, take heed how you hear. Because if you are hearing the insincere milk of the word, there's a problem. But what's present in essence, you can come to a preacher, you can come to a discipler, or you can even come to the Bible directly yourself with a corrupted filter and destroy the sincerity of the milk of the word. One more time, somebody say what you hear. Now say how you hear. Say what you hear. Now say how you hear. Man sebeliatena. So as newborn babes, why does it... Now, Peter is not writing just to baby Christians. If you read the rest of this epistle, you can tell that at least parts of it are directed to people who must have some level of maturity in God. He, he refers to Paul in his epistles and his writings, which the people he was writing to would... He's alluding to the fact that, they're, that they are already aware and have read some of Paul's epistles and he's lending his apostolic affirmation to them as scripture. So he's not writing a new believer's manual, but he's pointing out something. That to arrive at holy priesthood, royal priesthood, holy priesthood, there must first be a regenerative process. He refers to this as newborn babes. Now let us look at the phrase newborn. Newborn is artigenitus. 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 Right? Just born. New convert. Let's go deeper. It comes from two Greek words. You'd be, you're not surprised by now, are you, that most of these words come from two or more Greek words? 
Jackie, you got it. You must discern not just what you're hearing. That's step one. Because no matter how clean or pure your heart is, if what you're hearing is false, it's or if it's if it's tainted, it's tainted. In essence, a person can preach or teach factually correct scripture from a wrong fountain and it will corrupt the listeners. However, as Jackie has just reminded us here, we must also discern our own hearts. Now, Artigonitas from two words. The first word is Arti. Arti means just now, this moment. It means recent or at this time. Contemporaneous, right? Okay. So I'll say contemporaneous. I don't have time to show you the root word of Arti, but it literally means just now or recent. The second word in the Greek, come on now, yes, is the word genetus or genetus. It means begotten. Someone say begotten. Begotten. Now this word is used twice in, the, the root word genetus is used twice in scripture. Let's look at its use. Number one, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is in, at least in the kingdom is greater than him. For I say unto you, among those that are born again, Genetus, of women, there is not a greater prophet than John. In essence, it means conceived, carried, and birthed. Now, genitus has a root word itself. It's the word genau. Genau means, listen, to beget, to bear, to deliver, to bring forth of women giving birth to children. In essence, it is a process word. It is an active word process-driven word. Let me attempt to retranslate this word in the King James. Stay with me. Newborn works well in the sense of recent convert. That works well. But if you put together RT, which means happening as we speak or just happened, and genial meaning to conceive, to deliver, to bear and to deliver. Let me attempt to retranslate this word in a way that will make the point I'm trying to get you to see. As those who are consistently being regenerated, in essence, as those who are consistently, contemporaneously being conceived, born, or being conceived, uh, carried and delivered it's talking about a consistency of the state of your of your birthing in christ so peter's not just writing to those who were just born yesterday and saying desire the milk no he's saying there should be a constant birthing of christ in you 
a constant forming of you in Christ. This, this, your new convert status should never end. There should be a consistent level of regeneration. There should always be a fresh bringing forth of the counsel and the will, the DNA of God in you. Does that make sense? Kaimono siata. As those who are consistently being formed in Christ and of Christ. In essence, I don't point at, I, I got born again for the first time three decades plus ago. I can't point and say, okay, so no. As one who, quote unquote, is consistently having a regeneration experience. It doesn't mean I'm backsliding and giving my life again. No. It means I'm every day, every moment, every time. There is a fresh level of Christ being formed and birthed in me. As someone who is consistently being begotten. There is a sincere milk I must desire. I must come with my filter sincere and without guile or deceit. And I must only give my ears and my heart to sincerity in the delivery of the counsel of God to me. In essence, we are being warned in our generation to run quality control on the voices that shape the understanding of a generation's view of the counsel of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Are you hearing me? Why? Let me show you why. Elepuna masiaka. Ayeko nimbala kobodi. Hebrews chapter 8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we get the keys? Hebrews chapter 8. Take the keys down just, well, actually, I'll let you figure out the volume on your end. Hebrews chapter 8. Listen. Oh, am I there? Hebrews chapter 8. Now the things we have spoken, this is the sum. Paul is summarizing Hebrews 1 to 7. Of the things we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. We are a priesthood with our leader sat at the very seat of power in the heavens. Th right hand of the throne of majesty. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. essence, Jesus right now is not floating on the cloud in heaven. That's why those of you think that when we get to heaven, we'll just be singing all day. You got nothing coming because our firstborn is not singing all day. He's worshiping all day, but he ain't singing all day. Or should I say he's been worshiped all day, but he ain't singing or basking in singing all day. No, he is a minister of the sanctuary. The Bible calls him our high priest, our intercessor. He's at work. Someone say he's at work. 
It then says, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. The same applies to every priest. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man must also have something to offer. A priest must have something to offer. Romans 12 makes it clear to us that for us, what we must offer is a living sacrifice. Our bodies, our soma, the sum reality of our life. Stay with me now. Stay with me. In essence, if I am going to order my life, my mind, my will, my emotions, my perspective, my desires, my priorities, it means that whatever shapes my life, in essence, is technically shaping my offering. Are you with me? I need to offer something, and that offering is my reality, my perspectives, decisions, desires, focus, priorities, actions, works, thoughts. So whatever shapes me, whatever shapes me, in essence, whatever is my Rema or my Logos, are you with me? Are you with me, somebody? Now that word, sincere milk of the word, right? The word word there is the word logikos. This word here, word, is the word logikos. Right? That's it there. Logikos. Okay, let's look at it. Of course, from the word Logos. In essence, we're not just talking about a Bible verse or what somebody preaches. That contains the Logikos. It is the container for the Logikos. But let's see what Logikos means. Of course, it comes from Logos. Pertaining to speech or speaking, pertaining to the reason or logic, spiritual pertaining to the soul, agreeable to reason, following reason, reasonable logical, rational. Or, in other words, rational. Not just the fact that it is rational. Something is not rational if you can't follow its rationale. In essence, the word here is talking about a frame of reality and a rational line of thinking, deciding, and feeling that shapes the logic by which you live your life. If your life is the offering in the priesthood, then what frames your perspectives is key. Let me repeat. If your life is the offering of your priesthood, then we must quality control what frames your logic. And when I was screaming at you guys on Monday and Tuesday about how so many Christians live a life of malice and guile and envy and the things in verse 1, well, the answer is there is a logic that is framing your life that has come over years based on what you have given your ears to or the heart with which you have processed what your ears were given to. 
you cannot outlive your logicus the offering of your life can never ascend beneath the level of the framework the the principles that you allow to govern your frame of reference that's what the bible says in romans 12 it beseeches us to allow our minds be renewed what you are taught both didactically and edactically both directly and by example of the culture around you especially about spiritual things so for instance if you are taught that god understands and your body is not firewood and he's a god of grace and love regardless of what you do then you cannot offer a lifestyle of purity to him you can't outlive your logicus you can't outlive your doctrine and so god is saying before we look at what you do for instance um i'm not going to call their name but i'm, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me sharing this uh there's a member of this this virtual uh, our virtual community so they don't they're not in a city with a kingdom culture church but they follow kingdom culture and prayer culture and they're part of our wider community virtually from the city they're in and when they got the the by the way if you don't get any reminders about things like week of apostolic weeks of apostolic emphasis week uh, uh consecration journeys like today for instance if you didn't get a whatsapp message for me today it means you're not on my personal mailing list you may be on casey's mailing list i have mine and casey has theirs uh, and in certain seasons i will send out more stuff than kingdom culture will and then in other seasons i'll be quiet naomi to God be the glory. It's designed to be rewiring. So thank God it's having its effect. And so this person responded to my message saying that they they basically were somewhere doing something that meant they couldn't connect tonight. So they're basically saying, hey, you know, I won't be there. I, I, I'm, the fact, they said they can't believe that they won't be able to connect. You know, they felt bad. Uh, and, and I love the accountability. I then asked them, because I hadn't spoken to them and I haven't spoken to them since I left the UK. So it's been about six weeks or seven weeks since I spoke to them because I don't think I spoke to them in my last week. And I said, how are you doing? I asked after their family and stuff. And these were their words to me. They said, it's been a challenging season. They then added, but God is giving them grace to recover. They then said, someone, they were talking about me tongue in cheek someone taught me how to war and wrestle in prayer so now i want you to understand how fulfilled as a shepherd i felt they were basically saying hey all the shouting you've been doing for years about prayer and the place of prayer i didn't just fill my notebooks with them because i hope i presented it as the sincere milk of the word i hope so and they also received it as a sincere milk of the word. It wasn't just, wow, that's deep. It wasn't just something they could pray or so they could preach about. It became a part of their life. So the moment they walked into a season where Satan came for them, there was, there was a response in their lifestyle. They said, hey, I've been taught to war. I've been taught to wrestle in prayer. I've been taught about the, the importance of extended and frequent prayer. So it was a natural response to a season of challenges to go to the battle floor of prayer. That's how this thing works. Priesthood, your priesthood can never exceed your logicus.
And so God is saying, if you're struggling with the effect of your pre- in essence, you may be going through the motions in praying, in giving, in fasting, in evangelizing, in discipleship, in fellowship, in what I call the intense activities. But if they're not coming, in essence, if the word has not been made flesh, if you're doing what you think you should do, as opposed to what has become a part of your DNA based on what you hear. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In essence, God is saying there is a diet. There's a diet, not of the Bible, but of what the Bible contains that sponsors effective priesthood. So number one, from yesterday, have you put aside malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings? If not, start there. Secondly, are you a newborn babe? Are you a consistently being begotten babe? Are you an individual who is living a life that is constantly allowing Christ be birthed in them? Then are you desiring, are you desperate for the, the principles of the oracles of God as contained in scripture and in the example and admonition of disciples and your fellow brethren in faith and essence, are you consistently looking for stuff? Masi kebona. Are you consistently looking for stuff to rewire you as opposed to stuff to inspire you? Write that down. Do you wake up every morning going to your Bible, going to YouTube to listen to messages, coming to church when a preacher is preaching, coming to your conversation with your brothers and sisters in Christ, coming to your mentors and, and, and teachers, not to cram or acquire information by which you can be deep by, but to literally say, give me something that can shape my reality. Give me something that can affect the way I do life. So my priesthood can flow from that place. One stand in Shay. Well, you're hearing it now. And it's better late than never. And you will. We prayed earlier on if you were there about God redeeming our times. And the years the locust and the caterpillar, the palmer worm and the and the and the canker worm have stolen. And so I pray over you, Shay, and over everybody here listening who feels the same way. That every second of your life that was lost without this understanding framing your reality. That God will give you the grace to catch up with what you would have had in the name of Jesus. Effective priesthood is the overflow of infective indoctrination. It is called doctrine because it is supposed to indoctrinate you. So I'll give you an example. I was talking to both my mother uh, and and by the way, I'm enjoying being in Nigeria. You know, I get to see my mom a lot more often than I could before. Love you, mama. And I was also talking to a brother of mine, uh, a covenant brother of mine at different times. And I said to them, when God said to go to Nigeria and he said, move your entire family and go literally start life afresh because that's what we're doing we're starting life afresh right our, our our lives our family life we're building from scratch ministry building from scratch is that literally afresh again 
I said to both of them, I said, my understanding of who God is, my indoctrination made it obvious to me that some point he was going to call for a significant financial sacrifice. So, of course, we talked about the fact that giving is a, is a dimension of priesthood. So, I don't give because a preacher tells me to give on a Sunday. I don't give just because I want something. It had infected my soul in a positive way. The knowledge of the fact that the altar of sacrifice is a platform by which heaven sponsors every new season was so in ingrained in me that I arrived in Nigeria saying, okay, where's the instruction? What altar and what seed are you calling for? I didn't need a prophet to tell me God was going to, in fact, when God instructed the seed, seeds, plural, Dr. Jockey and I were already ready. We discussed it. Does that make sense? We, we, we knew God was going to ask for something crazy. We just didn't know what and where. That's an example of innocence. So that priesthood of that sacrifice did not come begrudgingly. It did. Well, for those of us who are reading that book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, if you're part of Kingdom Culture UK uh, community, we're reading the book together. And yes, it is no longer a, 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 a thing of personalities, character. It's wired in. So Pat and I go to church on a Sunday and the question is, what are we giving today? Not should we give? <laughs> you hear me? We go for a conference, even as guest ministers, and we're asking God as guest preachers, what? Because it's wired. Does that make sense? When we enter a new season, the question is, so we got Nigeria. The first question was, Lord, what prayer watch do you want us to keep? God gave me one. He gave her one. They're not the same time. It wasn't strange. She didn't need to have a... It, it was clear. We, we're moving into a new season. What are you calling for? Do you want us to fast? Do you want us to... You get the point. When I told you I was having an issue with, a, with an employee of mine that I realized I was having contempt for, I didn't need a prophet to say you need to repent. Whether or not this person is behaving correctly, you are now responding in ways that are unbecoming of your room as a priest. I didn't need anybody to check me. I didn't need the person to tell me, sir, uh, you're being mean to me. Well, not mean, means I wasn't being mean. But so you're being off with me. In essence, I can't offer my life, my soul as a living sacrifice, if I have not been ingrained in what an acceptable life is. Such that in the moments where God wants the life on offer, it's a natural response. It's reasonable. It's not special. The reason why being aligned is, is, is difficult or some of you want an applause for being consecrated is it's not been worked into your daily reality based on what you have heard. The, the, your logicos, what you, the words you received or the heart with which you received them were not sufficient enough as milk to 
build you into that as standard. That's why you can have beef with your brother and lead worship in church for six weeks. That's why a husband and wife can be can be, be roommates in the house. No love, no intimacy, and I don't mean sexual intimacy. No love, no, no, no normal, no natural basic intimacy. Be abusive to one another. And then each of them kneel down every day and cry out to God to bless their affairs. We have raised a generation of witches. It is witchcraft. Any attempt to connect with the spirit realm outside the parameters of God is occultic. You don't need to go to the groove of a Babalawa or Sangoma or an Ezemo or witch doctor to be a practitioner of witchcraft. Any attempt to have an, a spiritual encounter or effect outside the prescriptions of Yahweh's covenant is witchcraft. That's what the Bible says rebellion is as, not like. Not, it doesn't say rebellion is like witchcraft. Rebellion is as. It says rebellion is witchcraft. Any violation of the demands of divine alignment as a culture or a practice is witchcraft. And we have a generation of witches in the church. Witches who claim to love God. Witches who do love. In fact, witches who emotionally love God. Because love is an active word. The Bible says if you love me, you will obey me. Because we have not been indoctrinated. Satan tampered with the water source of the church. Satan put death in the pot. And a generation has been fed on a demonic... See, the more, the more true a lie is, the more dangerous it is. Hear me by the Spirit. The more true a lie is, the more dangerous it becomes. An obvious lie is not dangerous at all. If something is evidently false, it has very little capacity to destroy your life. A 99% true lie is far more dangerous than a 1% true lie. What, what, what Elohim are you sacrificing to with your logicos twisted many of you need to stop laughing at preachers or, or attacking christians who talk about how it's okay for them to be sexually perverse and god still loves them you're not much different because you have created exemptions for yourself based on your logicos and expect God to respond to your altar. And hear me. The, the, the altars of God were used for bow worship for years. Before Elijah came to shut down the heavens. The fact that you are still enjoying the covenant blessings or response of God. Is not proof that your altar is correct. Many times there is a delay. There is a lag factor. Because God in his mercies expects you to get back in line. Ikonde 
kanturi biniye kumba abo baili frumbie kailia sambredela akobonji vetina kailia pambrenendi ekela zuria kombena zuria kombela zemzivedina kuviatena Aruanambe shikete biakwa kabo sevani kavala Lord deliver a generation from spiritual witchcraft Let the altars of the Lord once again be pure and aligned with the dictates of God help us to prove the will of God <coughs> Help us to offer acceptable worship Somebody lift your voice and pray. Say, Lord, purge my life. Deliver us from preachers that are comfortable having no prayer life, no word life, but because they have a gift of utterance, strolling to the microphone and flying by the seat of their pants and enjoying the applause of men. All the while knowing that you have been shut off from the supply of God for weeks. Deliver us from intercessors who know how to but have not found their way to the throne room in private in a long time. Deliver us from disciples mentors shepherds pastors preachers teachers for whom this is a hustle who preach christ out of strife who preach to build a following for whom ministry is a sense of identity and ego and the corruption it breeds deliver us from for men and women who are comfortable rolling out of beds of fornication practicing fraud and financial impropriety like my daughter preached this past sunday or was it two sundays ago do we still fear god in our generation do we still fear god Praying in the name of Jesus, offering spiritual sacrifice on his altar is not just signing by his name. How can you pray for a spouse? How can you be asking God to give you a husband or a wife when your very prism for choosing one you know is ungodly? How can God bless you with a man or a woman that when when you know that your your standard for cheating I don't mean you're deceived that's bad enough you know the reason you want to get married is not for his will and purpose you know the person you are trying to get married to 
does not meet his standard for your life. And you have the God to pray about it. And come and ask a pastor to pray with you. What nonsense are we perpetuating? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Come out from among them, believer. Be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. And then I will receive you unto me. And be your father. And then you shall be my sons and daughters. It has to stop. Say we and Israel are not different majority of the time. In fact, the modern day believer by average is far worse than any Israelite. At least the Israelites, the Bible told us every time, when the adultery, the spiritual adultery led them to trouble, the Bible says they would repent. They would go to God and sincerely repent. And God himself would acknowledge their repentance, then deliver them. Our generation, even our repentance is wonky. Our repentance is God, help us. I'm not prepared to let go. Aikumaria kafina pabona. I told you, I, I, I was discussing with a couple of my mentors early in the year. I told you in May, when I came to Nigeria, um, they wouldn't mind me saying this. And we were talking about a woman who was sleeping with a married man. She was a widow. So, my two mentors, or two of my mentors were in the room. Both of them uh, 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 advanced in years. Then one of my mentor's spiritual sons was also in the room and he was the one telling us about this story we're talking about you know stuff in the church and the moment he said she was a widow i stopped him and i predicted what he was about to say i said this is what she would tell you i said it in english i said she would tell you that she's justified it because he's caring for her and he screamed. He calls me by my Nigerian name. He said, Reverend Olumide. He said, Baole Shemo. It means, how did you know? He then said it in, in the woman's language, which is also his language, which is also my mother's language, Yoruba. He said, she said, let me say, it in Yoruba, let me say this in Yoruba for those of you who understand Yoruba. This is what he said. Ah, he said, Pastor Olumide. One nikpe, ah. Means she said, leave her alone. She then said about the married man, on me, meaning he's caring for me. And I told I looked at my mentors, I said, You're wasting your time with this woman. I said she has crafted a reality where her widowhood. The fact that she has no one to look after her is now a just thing. Don't get me wrong. Does God... The Bible tells us to look after widows. 
acknowledges he acknowledges the vulnerability of your widowhood in fact if the rest of the body of christ did what we should do you would not need to be an adulteress so our own adultery to god's law is why widows need to wreck someone's home and then that widow is just as adulterous as us in saying ontojumi meaning it's okay to violate another woman's marital bed because you need someone to fend for you financially you need someone and I, and, 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 and when they said that they said hey, you know uh, people should look after her with money i had to explain i said i told my mentors i said sirs i've heard this one before i said i've dealt with women like this before i said the finances are a small part of what she means when she said he's looking after me she's not just talking about money she's talking about companionship loneliness somebody to emotion so, so i said i said it would take the grace of god to stop this woman's sin i said no amount of preaching without a because it is clear now that her need has become her god and before you laugh at her many of you single women are just as bad so don't 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 get deep can i take it deeper many men are just as bad because why is the man who has a wife sneaking into a widow's house and the story i was told was that the man lived on the same street sneaking into the widow's house at night so in essence there's something he's looking for could be sexual gratification maybe his wife is giving him trouble i don't know but whatever his justification is for it is just as bad and our churches are full of people like that on sunday when you see them at the altar kabosa, they scream they cry they worship they shout they give they fast and the poor pastor is wondering why is this person's life not changing why can i see god's hand and god is laughing at you pastor is that you don't know those are the people we elevate we make you cell group leaders departmental leaders assistant pastors some of you become resident pastors and there is there is blood on the altar and it is not the blood of the lord there are the cries of people whose lives are the victims of your wickedness and mine turning the knife on myself too so there's a woman whose husband see 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 the woman should have the privilege of blessing you she should have the privilege of sowing to you her husband should come to her and say you see that widow across the street she needs our financial support then that woman should have the joy of sharing her marital resources with you but you have deprived her of that joy you are now stealing from her her husband is sharing his heart and money and we don't know he could be sharing her money because in, in, in 21st century uh, a life how do we know the money the man is spending to care for the widow is not his wife's resources 
But even if it's quote and unquote his own, you took an oath. All that I have, I give to you. With my body, I honor you. Even the law and the Bible acknowledge that your resources are joint and several. So somebody else, so uh, somebody else's resource, money that should be going to, uh, I mean, for, let's assume this man is, is rich. Let's assume that he's, he's balling, but he probably married this woman when he had nothing. She jumped on a bus with him. Are you hearing me, somebody? She drank Gary with him. Okay, for well, those of you outside Nigeria, you, you know what I'm talking about. She, uh, uh, what, what's the UK equivalent of Gary now? <laughs> and now, you are reaping where you did not sow. You can look nice to the man. Because he only spends three hours with you. And he goes home for 21 hours to his quote-unquote nagging wife. So, and I've heard this nonsense before. You then say, eh, eh, the, man is, the man's marriage is not happy. Eh, his wife is being mean to him. God, no, you are a thief and a robber. And that woman crying out to God and you are also crying out to God and you don't expect your altars to cancel out or hers to cancel yours out you are a boss at work you own a business. Nigerians, hear me. I'm one of you now. Hear me loud and clear. This nonsense of not paying staff while you and your family siphon money out of the business, you are a witch. Somebody has to wake up in the morning, take transport, pay bills, and come to work for six weeks three months, six months, on no salary, because business is hard, then you can even lie. You, you, who do you think you're deceiving? Then you tell your staff, I too am not taking my salary. But then you're paying for your bills with business money. Their children can't pay their fees, but you're paying for your children's fees by drawing on the business account. Let me take it deeper. Last year, your staff were being paid this amount of money. You have not given them a raise in years, but your business has doubled and all the extra profits are going into your pocket while those people can barely make ends meet and then you come to tithe are you crazy what what idol do you think you worship you come to church and tithe on your increased profits while someone is crying at home because they can't survive 
on the same salary they were they were living on three years ago can you survive on what you were making from your business three years ago are your children's school fees the same as they were three years ago does it cost as much to fuel your car as they did three years ago is your weekly shopping for food as much as it was three years ago let's take it deeper is your taste in clothes the same as it was three years ago so you're, you're, you're milking people's slavery while you're bawling and you come to church I, see your, all that alone tava from your mouth to the roof and back stop fasting this is what isaiah 51 is talking about it says you fast for strife you fast to oppress oppress it's there look at isaiah 51 it says you fast to oppress your workers it's there it's there it's there it's there it's there so someone is crying because of your wickedness as an employer or as a manager because someone because you don't like someone at work you you block their progress because they don't worship you and you go to church and then you worship God. You're wasting your time. Oh, eat. Just gonna eat. Eat. Eat morning. Eat mo breakfast, brunch, tea, lunch, high tea, dinner, supper, and a snack at midnight. Be eat till you're obese. Because all that you're fasting, listen, listen, all that is irrelevant in the realm of the spirit. You don't have a priesthood to speak of. You have a child first of all you your first first error you conceived a child outside the confines of a nurturing home god forgive your error several people have made that mistake you have a child somewhere who has a father and in in i mean far it happens but far less frequently a mother that may as well not exist you don't spend time with your child you don't check in on your child you don't financially support your child you don't have time for your child and men hear me hear me hear me i know i know women can be crazy sometimes i know when a woman hates you or when things go wrong they can use sometimes the child as a weapon against you but 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 you owe it to that child to fight to be in their life you owe it to that child the child didn't conceive themselves you should have had enough sense to stay away from if you didn't have wisdom to select the child's mother better you you can't you can't it doesn't the time to be the time to say i don't want to deal with this woman was before you got her pregnant i hear me you didn't hear me so now that she's now that she has carried and given birth to your child you will put up with whatever mess she puts you through for the sake of that child. Are you hearing me? The child will know that they had a father who loved them and cared for them and was available to them. So there's, there, 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 there's a human being 
with a broken sense of identity, with a wound in their soul, a future sexual pervert, a future gang leader, a future criminal, or worse still, an upstanding member of society that is damaged on the inside that would damage other people. A future CEO with an anger management problem. A future mother in Zion with an acerbic tongue. Because you as a parent, male or female, forsook your first assignment. But you want to sow, give, pray, or fast your way out of the consequences of your polluted life altar. Saints, it's time to repent of. The Bible says, uh, let me end here. Christy, let's, uh, let's go to the book of Malachi. Let's end here. Let's end here tonight. We'll continue tomorrow. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Let's end here tonight. Shamalak. <laughs> Naomi, our pastors have really suffered though. We've, we've, we've suffered, trust me. Even though some of us are just as bad. But we've suffered, yes. <laughs> oh, Christy said that uh, the, <laughs> the UK equivalent... Oh, that's true. I'm the one that... I forgot I was the one sharing screen. The UK equivalent of Gary and water is beans on toast. Christy, no, it's not the same, trust me. Beans on toast is a lot posher than Gary and water. It's not the same. It's not the same. Oh, look, oh dear. Thank you. Oh, Shana. Come to the book of Malachi with me. Let's end here. We keep talking about the sons of Issachar, right? Okay. Nobody wants to talk about the sons of Levi. Everybody wants to understand seasons and times. Everybody wants to be a son of Issachar. Um, can I entrust you in being a son of Levi? Malachi chapter 3 verse 3. Okay, so I, I, I keep forgetting I'm the one doing this. Malachi 3. Let's start from verse 1 as we close tonight. Behold, I'll send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me. This is the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of John the Baptist. The spirit in which I am hoping tonight's sermon is coming to you. And the Lord whom you seek. Remember we at the beginning, by a prophetic word, the Lord said, that the Lord whom we seek shall suddenly come. When he comes, not only is his reward with him, but there's stuff he wants to sort out. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, say the Lord of hosts. Now listen, who may abide the day of his coming? What happens when Jesus shows up? Who shall stand when the feedback you're looking for happens? This is what happens when he appears. For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller. Fuller means a laundryman or washman. A fuller's soap. He shall sit as a refiner of and as a refiner and purifiner of silver. 
and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord. Listen, they may offer on, you know, we started off by looking at the fact that if the Bible talks about an acceptable offering, an acceptable sacrifice, that not every sacrifice is acceptable, that he may purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Verse 4, Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and as in the former years. In essence, then will our spiritual sacrifices have effect. Now look, And I will come near to you to judgment, and I'll be a swift witness and i told you sorcerers and witch men are not just those that go look listen sorcerers adulterers false swearers against those that oppose the hireling the hireling means the employee in his wages the widow and the fatherless and those that turn aside the stranger from his right meaning those who take advantage of, of strangers in Israel didn't have generational lineages so their, their lands and their properties could be taken from them and fear not me saith the Lord of hosts you see God is see God is saying enough of this rubbish in the name of worshiping me it's time to clean house take two minutes tonight as we close and say Lord help me Chrissy while we're praying and as we finish the details on how to give and the flyers for uh, the forge will just flash over the screen there'll be a lot of information going through uh but just lift up your voice and say lord help me purge me as a son of levi that i may offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to you cry out to the lord while the preacher is crying too let this word not stand against me let these utterances not judge me i want to please you i want to make you smile i want my life to be acceptable in your sight purge me purge me jesus Arume. Grace, Lord, where grace needed, and mercy where mercy needed. Let my life please you. Let my life bring you glory. Let my days bring you praise. Build a people. Build a tribe. Purge us till we look like you. Let the offering of our lives be sweet smelling that you can have respect to us and our offering. Let our consecrational disciplines be the overflow of our heart of consecration to your will and your culture. No more excuses, no more witchcraft, no more guile, no more deceit. No longer will we look into the perfect law of liberty and forget what we see. We are not, we will not be deceived. You are not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he shall reap. The foundation of the Lord stands sure. 
having this seal. The Lord knows he has intimacy only with those that are his. Therefore, let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. For the grace of God that appears to all men has come teaching us to deny worldliness and ungodly loss and to live soberly and righteously in this present time, looking forth to the glorious hope. Paraphrase of the return in the Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us be a people who bring you joy in Jesus' name. Somebody somewhere give the Lord a clap of thanksgiving for highlighting the missing piece in your life and in your walk and supplying the mercy and grace to fix it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are in the nation of Nigeria, especially in and around the city of Lagos, if you're within driving distance of Lagos, every Sunday, 1 p.m., the Kingdom Culture Gathering will be holding in on or at the Wakanao Building, 37 or Soloway, in Ajawa State, just off the, the road to the International Airport. Um, I'm inviting you. We're building a community of, of God-fearing world changers. Uh, and if you're looking for a home, if you're looking for a place, if God is leading you, or if you believe God is, or you want to be led by the Lord to a watering hole uh, where this culture is our banner. We'd love to have you. I'd love to be your shepherd. I'd love to be your preacher. I'd love to be your coach, your, 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 your towel cleaner in your corner as a boxer. Amen. And even if that's not the case, you can connect with us with our prayer meetings, our gatherings, our services this Saturday in Lagos at 12 noon. We'll be connecting with the London family live in Lagos, from Lagos, for our section of the 12 hours of prayer. From 12 to 6, 6 hours, we'll be going in hard in the Holy Ghost. Of course, in the city of London and Nottingham, if you're looking to be part of a family as well, we have our own, or they have their own services. Uh, and I'm looking forward, I'm going to be in London in just over a week. So I'm looking forward to spending a few weeks with you guys in the United Kingdom. I'm going to be in London. I'm going to be in Nottingham. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to fellowship. We're going to go eat. It's my first time back since we left. I want to share stories, see what God is doing with you guys, uh, and share with you what he's doing with us here. Of course, the details on how to give will be on your screen. Uh, at nauseum, if you're giving to Nigeria from outside Nigeria, please use the bank account at the bottom of the screen as a ticker. Otherwise, all, all modes of giving. And also, if you're giving specifically for a purpose, Chrissy, put the ticket with the, the UK account for Nigeria. If you're giving for a specific purpose, please let us know what it is. Uh, Nigeria, Kenya, UK, tithe, offering, building fund. Like I said, I'll be talking about this probably on Friday uh, because I want to get the information. But it looks like there was an amazing opportunity for us to build God a retreat center and a quote-unquote uh, missional extension base. But we'll see how it goes. But if, if that works through, we'll be presenting the opportunity to you of something we've been talking about for over 10 years. Let's see if this is the opportunity. We love you. We thank you. Thank you. See, the Bible says a time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. 
If you sat through Monday, yesterday and today, then you are a man or woman who loves sound doctrine. Thank you for loving sound doctrine. Thank you for opening your ears to the counsel of the Lord. Thank you for being humble enough to let God's word work in and on you. May his blessing show forth over your life in this season. In Jesus' name. We're back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to continue with this in the Holy Ghost. It's going to be a time. Uh, tomorrow will be just as much encouraging as it is uh, corrective. Because tomorrow we're going to begin to look at what happens when these things have been sorted out. Don't miss it. Spread the word. Tell, share the link. There's a playlist in the comment, no, in the video description of every session since Friday night last week. Share it. Let people know you may change someone's life. Love you. See you tomorrow at 7 p.m. And of course, 6.30 a.m. every morning doing this consecration journey. As always, morning drops of glory. We pray every single day. We pray three times every day and four times twice a week. But every single morning, 6.30 a.m. UK time. Right now, it's six, right now, it's 6.30 a.m. in Nigeria as well. Join us tomorrow. Let's get our day off right. Love you guys. Bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.
right there where you are, I want you to be intentional with your worship. If you are led to release fire from your mouth now, is the time. After leaving 